Let's go ahead and turn over to page 180, 180.
Uh, go ahead and turn over to page 218. 218. It's all right. Uh, go ahead and turn to page 277, 277.
have any specials this this evening?
We'll start out with yellow, not because I'm a coward, but because it was right there. Or green, I guess you should say. You would stand tonight, open your Bibles to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 22. I know we spent a long time studying this, uh, but I've had a message that I've done on a Wednesday night some time back. And uh, boy, I just felt like I wanted to do it, and I put it in my notebook again, and I've held it there for quite some time. And uh, just feel like tonight's the night to do it after what we did this morning. This title, this one's worthy. And I'm going to tell you something, church. If we take a stand and separate ourselves from God, we've done it for somebody worthy. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul and said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock in him will I trust. He is my shield, the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior, thou savest me. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Father, tonight I thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. And I thank you, dear God, for the love that you give us. Lord, I ask you tonight, help us, Heavenly Father, to do thy will, to praise, worship, and honor, and glorify thy name. Teach us, Lord, thy way as we've asked, Father, tonight. Lord, just bring to us the word and that which you'd have us to hear and say. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning, evening. I want you to think about verse 4, and I know that uh, we did a long study on uh, verses 1 and 2 and, and what the, 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 the declaration of David was in that as to all the attributes there, the things that he uh, called God. But look at verse 4. He said, I will call on the Lord. And then he followed up with these words, who is worthy to be praised. Him alone is worthy to be praised. And you know, I, I will say this because, you know, we give a lot of accolades to people and there's definitely nothing wrong with giving somebody a that a boy, uh, a that a girl. You know, pat them on the back and tell them uh, they did good and, and encourage them. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but you realize today in this world, we're more concerned about making sure that everybody feels worthy than we are about making sure we praise the one who is worthy. A lot of comments are made about trying to make people feel uh, good about themselves. Can I tell you this evening, I feel good about myself most of the time when I know that I'm right where I need to be with God. I'll be honest with you. You, you won't have to tell me you did a good job or anything like that. Um, I'll already know that it's going on because he, when I do that, But when I'm right where God wants me to be and I'm doing what God wants me to do, I don't need any outside or extra encouragement. You may have to put that on. But we'll do the best we can tonight. This, these things are going to mess us up. You know what? I think, I don't think the devil wants God to get praised. More than one way to skin a rabbit or squirrel. I, I did a, a squint squirrel one way, and then somebody showed me another way, and I liked it better. All right. But the devil doesn't want us to praise God, and, and, I, and like I said, the saying there, you don't have to. Um, I guess you could say this it's not that it's not deserving or. Or something for folks whenever they're doing good to go ahead and, and pat them on the back. But but I feel real good about myself when I'm right where I need to be with God. And, and therefore, I don't need any outside encouragement. But the outside encouragement helps me stay where I need to be with God. 
And in this, I will say this. When we acknowledge who God is and we praise God for who he is and for what he's done, we feel good about the things because we also are reminding ourselves that God has been working on our behalf. And if God is working on my behalf, God is worthy of my praise. We ought to be willing to lift up the name of the Lord. So he said, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. We find David here talking and making this declaration. He does it again over in the book of Psalms. And if you'd go over there to the 18th chapter, we'll look at it here for just a few verses. It says, I am, verse 1, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. David repeated this again. Why? Because it's a double witness to the fact that God is worthy of our praise. He's, he's worthy of our best. You, you think about it this way. Uh, I know folks who uh, they'll work real hard until they get uh, all the way up the food chain, so to say. They got, you know, they're making as much as they're going to make or they're got as far as they're going to far. And, and it seems like then once they get all of that, then they kind of slack off. And they're not as hardworking or they're not as dedicated. They're not as determined. But, but can I tell you, the witness is telling us tonight here that no matter how far we think God has already took us or what things we saw, God is worthy to be praised beyond what we think in this aspect here. God is worthy to be praised at all times. Throughout all generations, God is worthy to be praised. I'm glad tonight to know that I serve the one who's worthy of my praise. I'm glad tonight to know the one that I serve who's done so much for me is worthy of my praise. And I will say this, if God has done these things for you, God is worthy of your praise. And I will say this, because I get to say what I want to right now. If we will praise God, we will draw people to God. That's, that's a big part of it. Remember, the scripture's true. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You, by doing the will of God, is showing people God. You're showing that God is worthy. You're showing honor to God. But then Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men into myself. Now, now, the Bible tells us in one scripture, he said, thus signifying this death that he should die. And he died on the cross. He was lifted up. And in so doing, the Bible tells us that he was calling all unto himself. He's the Savior. But can I tell you this? It has a double meaning. If we lift him up, it draws men unto him. You ever thought about the first time? And I don't know when it come out, so don't even ask me. But the first time somebody made ice cream, how many of you like ice cream? Popcorn. I'd like to know who made the mistake in making popcorn. You know what I'm saying? We all like lights. I mean, it's a lot better to have a light switch that flips on, turn the light on, than it is to pump a kerosene lantern every time you want to use some. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, if we were back in the days of kerosene lanterns, we'd probably be more dependent upon God. But the first time somebody made ice cream, nobody's ever heard of it. They had to convince somebody to try it with them. And when they convinced that person to try it with them and that person liked it, it wasn't hard to convince other people. You know why? Because they went around doing it willfully, wantingly. It, it, it's one of those deals that it was so good to them that they wanted somebody else to know and they wanted somebody else to try. And it spread throughout there to the point today that, that I would dare say probably, and I'm not going to say everybody because it's not true, but I would dare say a majority, if not about 85 or 95% of the people today like ice cream. 
started because one person made it, got another person to try it, and they liked it. And when they liked it, then it began to spread throughout. It, it goes that way with the, everything. And the Bible tells us in the book in Psalms, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. God invites us to taste what he knows to be true. The psalmist invites us to taste and see that the Lord is good. And David is telling us, he said, this in, in this, he said, I will love thee. So I love the one who's worthy of my praise. But can I tell you something? I'm loved by the one who's worthy of my praise. And that tells me something else. It's not that I'm just bestowing favor upon him. He's bestowing the same upon me. Amen. You ever thought about these rock stars and these country singers and and all these ones of these people that you and I would never get close to. And people just love them. I mean, they'd do anything in the world for them. But that person, generally speaking, does not care how you feel about them. As long as the money's rolling in, it's all good. I mean, it don't mean anything. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I was not old enough to vote for Ronald Reagan. But I, I, I went from Arkansas to California when he was running for president uh, through that summer there, the election summer. And I can remember you know, my papa and my granddad stopping and we would watch on the news and stuff like that. And he was an actress before, an actor before he was a politician. Well, as an actor, he, he no doubt only signed thousands of thousands of thousands of autographs. But, but how many of those people did he actually care about? I mean, think about it. When he become president, it didn't matter who cared about him. You wasn't getting near him. He was the president of the United States. And can I tell you something? Even then, as long as he got enough votes to win, as the man he was, and I, and I thought highly of Ronald Reagan, but as the man he was, he still didn't care about me the way that God cares about me. He wasn't going to make one law to satisfy me. He wasn't going to make an executive order to satisfy me. He wasn't going to repeal a law or an executive order to satisfy me. Because, see, I'm just one part of the puzzle plan for him. But yet, if it just been me, we've said this, had it just been me, Jesus would have still died. Now, you want to talk about somebody worthy of being praised. There you go, Chuck. I will love thee. For giving honor to whom honor is due. Giving glory to whom glory is due. So he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. If you jump over to the book of Mark in the first chapter. Here's John. Verse 1. In the beginning of the gospel of Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all of the land of Judah, Judah and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan confessing their sins and John was clothed with camel's hair and with the girdle, uh, girdle of skin of a skin about his loins and he did eat locusts and honey and he preached saying there cometh one mightier than I mightier than I after me the latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down 
Now think about this and unloose. How did John feel about Jesus? I mean, David said he was worthy to be praised. The Lord was worthy to be praised because he had delivered him. He had done all of these things. And, and if you think about this from the mighty uh, young man there, from a young man uh, on up there, God had been with David. David slew the lion. David slew the bear. Then David slew Goliath. Then David slew his tens of thousands. You find God there with David all through these things. And David is saying, I'm praising the God who kept me from all of this, delivered me out of the hands of all these enemies, gave me all these victories. He is so much to me. I'm praising this God. And John comes along, and John hadn't fought any of those battles. But John understood the worthiness of Christ. And that he said, there's one coming after me who's mightier than I am, whose, word, whose shoelaces I'm not even worthy to bend down and loose. Can you imagine the day that Jesus come to John and says to John, I need to be baptized. John said, I must be baptized of thee. Jesus said, let it be so as I, he spoke. And John baptized Jesus. Brother, you didn't even know that I was going down this road when you sung that song. But think about it. John said, I'm not even worthy to touch his laces. And later on, John is baptizing the Son of God. John realized the worthiness of the Savior. He was worthy to be praised. He was worthy to be honored. He was worthy to be humbled to. Now, the arrogance of people today who do not show any humility towards God, who do not show any humility towards Christ. Matter of fact, they could care less about either one of them. And yet, I heard it again the other day, and it just, it just I mean, just tell, I, I don't know, church, I know people are crazy, and I know they're lost and, and, and stuff. When I say crazy and lost, I'm, I'm talking about the same thing. They just absolutely don't know God. But 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 one minute, and it wasn't it wasn't a politician. It was a commentator. He he was talking about uh, different things, and then I don't know where his religion come from. It sounded to me like he was a round bow religion. He threw everything in the bowl, pulled a little bit out here and there. But anyways, he said our hearts and our prayers are with them. I just want to know who's praying. I'm honest with you. Don't, don't pray to some strange God for me. Don't do it. I don't care what your religion is. If it ain't Christianity, it don't do no good. The Bible says ears they have, but they hear not. Eyes they have, but they see not. Hands they have, but they move not. I'm just here to tell you, legs they have, but they walk not. It's one of those deals. There ain't no God like our God who is the God of creation. And he's worthy of our praise. John knew this. And the declaration that John gave was before he even saw Christ. He said, there's one coming after me. He said, I have not seen him yet. But he's coming and he's, he's one I'm not even worthy to lose. How worthy is he? John said, I'm not worthy to touch. Which means that Jesus was worthy of all things. Higher and greater than I. Go over to the book of Hebrews in the third chapter. <clears throat> Verse 1. <clears throat> wherefore, holy brethren, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Who, who, is, who, is, who is the one that we profess? Jesus. If you're a child of God and you do not profess, let me say this, if you do not profess Christ to have come in the flesh, the Bible says, if you do not profess him to be the Son of God, and, I, and I'm going to say it this way tonight. He is the Son of God, period. Ain't no, well, he's part this and he's part that. He is all God. 
Now, I realize here he was all man, but in this aspect there, he was all man in the flesh. You could touch him, but he was all God while in that fleshly body. In that, he was perfect. And so he is our profession. And those religions that do not profess Christ and Christ alone in salvation and worthiness, is the lost, it's a lost religion. I'm going to tell you, like I said this morning, the Bible tells us there's one name that we're to call, and that's Christ Jesus. No other names. There is only one mediator between us and God, and that is the man Christ Jesus. If you study your Bible now, you will find that there are so many religions today that are wrong because they're trying to go in other directions that are not written down in your Bible. And I'm just telling you, not, not all roads lead to heaven. Be honest with you. Do all, if you was to go out here and get on, on, on armor, does armor lead to Van Buren? Is it 52nd Street where it stops down this direction? In Midland where it stops down here? 50th Street? So do all roads lead to Van Buren? A lot of twists and turns and you can get there from one road or another. So how is it that all roads lead to heaven? How is it that all religions, according to some will get you to heaven. It's because people don't like to see people that they know and love die and then have to admit that they didn't go to heaven. They all got to be better off when they die. Yet my Bible tells me that's not so. And I'm going to tell you something. The one who is worthy of our praise is the one you need to follow if you want to go to heaven. So again, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Now he's talking about his obedience to the Father. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Now he's talking about Jesus. Do you realize he was saying that Christ was, was faithful to God and more faithful than Moses. And yet Jesus is the one that you and I who count worthy of our praise. Why? Because he was worthy of more glory than Moses. And if you stop to think about it this way, Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. The book of Hebrews, you want to talk about a direct message to the Jews. Right here is a book that puts it pretty plain. Throughout all of it. Now you and I, we, we looked at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. We got a hold of that, and we, we got into this salvation. We understood what John was talking about. It pointed us. The, 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 the Israelites, the Jews, they, they still kind of pushed that off there. There wasn't a lot of them you'd say. There were some of them, but not a lot of them. And that's why God declared that it was going to be a lot. He'd be a lot to the Gentiles. And it come to the Gentile generation, the Gentiles that, that Jesus was accepted by. And in our accepting to provoke the Jews to accept Jesus out of jealousy. And, and so there's coming a time when that restoration will be made. But when you stop to think about it right here for just a moment there, he's worthy of more glory. They were saying to the Jew, listen to me, Moses let us out. And Moses is given glory. But Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses. Who led Moses? I dare say Jesus. He's a cloud by day and a fire by night. There ain't nobody like him. I mean, the angel of the Lord that come down and visited with, with the different ones of the, <coughs> the old prophets, I, I believe Jesus was that. And you look at it this night and you think about, they're pointing to this, they're telling us that Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses. Inasmuch as he who hath built the house hath more honor than the house. Who is the builder of our house? Jesus. God. 
whether you consider it this house or you whether you consider it this house. I mean, the Bible tells me that in my mother's womb I was formed. Before my mom and dad knew what was going on, God knew what was going on. I mean, God knew what I was going to look like when I come out. He knew what I was going to look like when I grow up. And by the way, I will say this. While we think all babies are precious, God understands the truth. They only precious for a little while. And then they become sinful. But yet he who loves us more than our moms and dads could love us gave his son to die for us. And he's worthy. Two more parts, stops, if you'll bear with us tonight. Revelations chapter 4. Can I tell you, when we get into Revelations, we always think about everything going on in heaven. And this is going on in heaven. Can I tell you, while we're down here, we ought to be giving glory and honor to him. Because one of these days, we'll get up there, and the Bible says we will give glory and honor day and night. Go back with me if you would. I, I'll just, I, I'd love to read all of it, but I'll, I'll, I'll be good. No, I won't. I'm going to read it all. All right? You can read to yourself, and I'll read out loud, and then we'll both get it done. Verse 1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking to me which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things that must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Now, now, not uh, trying to diminish anything, but I want you to look at what it said. It didn't say someone, it said one. Some of the others changed that around. One set upon the throne. That was Jesus. And he said, And he that set upon and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardis stone. And there were was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight like unto an emerald, and around about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now, now, Brother Mike could break you down on this a little bit and talk about how that, that represents our ribs and our heart and so forth and the different things there that we'll see. But this is, this is talking about the scene in heaven and how this applies to heaven there. It said, Out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast like a face of a man, and the fourth beast like a flying eagle. And the four beasts each had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Now look, this is going on in heaven. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. They're praising God. They realize who is worthy. Now look. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who lived forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy. Now stop to think just a second here. I don't know where the four and twenty elders uh, got their crowns, but can I say this? This is where we get the saying that we will cast our crowns at the Savior's feet. When I get to heaven, my reward is not a crown. My reward is eternity. 
with Jesus. Think about what Jesus said when he told him he was coming back. He said, I come back. He said, and my reward is with me. What is his reward? It's eternal life with Christ Jesus. It's eternal life in the presence of God. It's an eternal home that fadeth not away. He's gone to prepare a place for us. If he goes and prepares a place, he's coming again to receive us unto himself. And that where he is, we may be also. Salvation is the gift of God. There's nobody else can give it to you. And I'll tell you something else, church. I'm not going to have anything in heaven other than the fact that I am there to praise, worship, honor, and glorify God. I'm not pulling a wagon around. You ever thought about that? People say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have all these rewards. I'm going to get this reward and that reward, and I'll have this crown and that crown. and that, that, that. I'm here to tell you, you can only wear one crown at a time. What are you going to do with the other ten? People tell you you're going to get. Where are you going to stack all these rewards? People tell you you're going to get. Jesus didn't say, I come back and... And my reward bag is with me. My reward is with me. Church, one of these days we're going to go be with the Lord. Those of us who are saved, ready and right and ready to go are going to go be with the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. You ain't going to lack anything you need. Everything you'll need is right there. Everything you'll desire is right there. And by the way, you won't be looking at anything trying to figure out how to get it. I'm so glad there ain't a Walmart in heaven. You think about it. There ain't a Dillard's or a J.C. Penney's in heaven. We're not going to have those problems. I don't know why people want to try to figure that out. I mean, you want to cause jealousy? Just tell somebody, I'm going to have more in heaven than you are. Can I tell you, that's when that person starts finding every flaw that you have. Making sure you know every flaw you have. Because they're going to try to bring you back down to where they are. Matter of fact, they might try to lift themselves up higher so that they feel like they're going to get more than you're going to get. And they'll point it out to you. Can I tell you, that's not the way that heaven... God didn't set it up that way. I don't know why preachers preach it that way. You want to be jealous of me, be jealous because I'm on my way and you're not. And I'm only on my way because of what Jesus Christ done for me and I was willing to accept that in my life. And I'm telling you, if you've done the same, you're on your way. And so now our job is not to try to make people jealous because we're going to go to heaven and they're not. It's trying to point them out to Jesus and show them that he's worthy of their praise. And if they will honor and glorify him, they too will go to heaven. Hey, it's not a game, church. It's reality. But verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. The God of my salvation is the God of creation. And the God of creation is the God of my salvation. Think about this. This ain't in my notes, but never stopped me before. Matthew chapter... Six. Just run back there for just a second. Look at what Christ said at the end of the prayer, the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, we call it the model prayer. Verse 13, he said, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Who, whose glory is going to last forever? God's glory. Go down just a chapter back. If you go back to chapter 4, look down there in chapter 5, and, and we'll close here. Verse 7 says... <clears throat> And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne, Jesus taking the book. 
And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell <coughs> excuse me, down before the Lamb, having every one of them a harp, having every one of them harps and gold vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, and thou was slain, excuse me, and to open the seals thereof, for thou was slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and had made us unto God kings and priests, and we will and we shall reign. On earth. I want you to understand this. Jesus is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And yet he is the only one who is worthy to open the book. And I like this, and I would think about this when I think about books in the Bible. The Bible tells us at the great right throne judgment, there's a book that is open, and then there, excuse me, the books are open, and then there is another book. The books that are open are the books of judgment. The book that is open is the Lamb's book of life. And whosoever is not found written in the Lamb's book of life will be cast into death, into hell. In other words, they're going to be thrown into the bottomless pit. It's going to be a, a never-ending destruction. But can I tell you this tonight? I'm glad that when the book is open and the book is open, the Lamb can read my name. Because I found that he was worthy to be praised. Is he worthy of your praise? Would you stand with us this evening? Father in heaven, we again come before you tonight, thankful, dear Lord, of your love, mercy, and grace. Thankful, Father, for everything that you've done for us. Thankful, dear God, to be able to be in your house, Lord. Thankful, Father, to be able to read thy word and, and preach thy word. The songs that be sung. Because you are worthy. Lord, I pray tonight to help us hold that thought in our minds this week, in our hearts. We go through the week and we'll praise you, dear God. Lord, we pray tonight if one lost or backslidden, dear God, to get things right, every child of God draw closer to you. Lord, we know this evening, Father, just their own knowledge or understanding of the word, dear God, you brought to us the knowledge that if we will wor worship you, we will lead others to you. So help us, Father, this evening again, we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.